0: Film Pulse is supported by the kind donations from listeners like you. Please consider subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Film Pulse for just $1 a month and help keep the podcast on the air. Thank you so much and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse podcast. This is episode number 268. My name is Adam Patterson. Joining me today... The man who never keeps his silence, Kevin Rakestraw. How are you? Pretty good. Not too bad. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing pretty well, despite the onslaught of garbage news that keeps coming out. Yeah. So we talked about Harvey Weinstein last week, and boy, I mean, I don't know about your feed... But mine is just nonstop 24/7 Harvey Weinstein just one thing after another.
1: Well it's that. this is where it's kind of getting really depressing. It's that the Harvey Weinstein stuff, um, Trump being an idiot.- mm-hmm. yeah. And then just devastation either like wildfires mm-hmm. the, Por- the truck bomb in Somalia. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, like it's just, it's either
0: sexual assault or death. So since last week, Harvey Weinstein has been, I think he was, I think we talked about it last week. He was fired. Yeah. That, that happened early on. But since then, uh, BAFTA dropped him. So he's no longer with, BAFTA. He has also been dropped from the Academy, so yeah. he won't be involved with that
1: anymore. Like when we first talked about this, this was like at the at the like the beginning stages of it. Because mm-hmm. I was, I think the only thing that I really read at that point in time was the, the very first article where it just kind yeah. of went very really like his kind of bizarre behavior of like, hey, you want to watch me shower, like that kind of thing. But then there's just been this, like, deluge since then where it's, like, he just rapes people.
0: Yeah. It just seems like he should be in jail. Yeah. it's, It's gotten so much worse since then. I think, I don't know if the Times and the New Yorker article came out at the same time or one before the other. But at the time, I didn't know. I didn't read the New Yorker piece last week when this first happened. Since then, I've read that. And, like, Asia Argento's statements and what she went through with him and some of the other uh, victims of his abuse that came forward. And it's just like, oh, my God, this is so much worse. It's sort of like the Bill Cosby thing, actually, where it just snowballs. And then you realize, like, it's so much worse than what they were saying at the beginning. As, As more and more people come forward and as more... Uh, of these ho- horrific events that he's perpetrated get uncovered. Yeah, but man, do. what a yeah. what a yeah. sleazebag! I don't know if you read Bob Weinstein's uh, statements on Let him, me guess but if he said something stupid. No, like he was. I, I wish I don't have it up in front of me right now, but he was really hard on him. He was just like, I don't even know who that is. I'm ashamed to call him my brother. This is all me just paraphrasing. This is not a quote, but yeah. he was. Basically, just wrote him off. He was, hes he's I, I guess they hadn't—they'd been estranged, like they hadn't spoken in five years. Apparently, probably because he
1: got sick of paying off. Yeah, I mean, it
0: very well could be. I mean, reading—I so, mean, I, 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 he's kind of full of shit. I mean, it's oh yeah
1: easier for him to come out now and of course take a hard line stance, but he could have done that thirty years ago, Bob.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were saying the same thing about. People like Ben Affleck and Tarantino hasn't released a full statement yet, but he said that he will be shortly. And it's like a lot of people are like, well, wh- why is why is so-and-so not saying anything? Why were they not speaking up about this? And it's like, well, maybe they didn't know what was going on. Like, I, I don't I don't understand why there's this this notion that all of these people that have worked with him. In That's some capacity, need to say something about it because, frankly, like what uh, I read Matt Damon's statement about it, and he was like, "I had no idea what was going on." Like, uh, and I mean, but why would Matt Damon know? I mean, a lot. Of, it seems like a lot of these interactions took place in yeah, the hotel be, rooms and things like that, where
1: it seemed to be a pretty open secret, though.
0: That yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, th- th- this has been going on for decades decades people have been saying that he's sleazy but you know i think that being a sleazy hollywood producer is that's just part of the industry that's that's something that those people have just accepted and and live with i think that maybe they they didn't know how serious it was but i also just i don't I, do, I just don't think that you you should expect statements from all of these people like why isn't ben affleck being more vocal about this it's like well
1: but I, I, I like
0: to I like to think about it like this: like if one of my coworkers, if something came out about one of my coworkers, and I obviously none of my coworkers that I know of are sexual abusers, or like one of our writers, like if something came out about one of our writers, I, I wouldn't know. You know what I mean? Like I I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, and I I just remember reading this one article that was the headline was. Barack and Michelle Obama break their silence about Harvey Weinstein. And I'm thinking, break their silence? Like they were hiding something about this? Like they have a bombshell to drop with this?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah,
0: because it starts,
1: it starts getting a bit a bit too much where they, they kind of, because they branch out, because, you know, they took money from them. So, right. of course, they got to have some sort of statement released and it's like well what do you expect them to say and exactly. that's the that's the thing that gets me is do you know we we call for these these statements and they're all gonna be these spoiler sterile,
0: plate yeah yes
1: they're all gonna be the same or either that or they're gonna be the awful variety so which i guess is maybe the point of it is to see who's dumb enough to just like woody allen woody yeah types, I, was, you know, I was gonna bring that up next yeah you know those types To just be like, wow, jeez, but I think I think I'm shocked. Are you really shocked? Yeah, I think I'm done with Woody Allen. I just just... and to make it into this like slippery slope of you had to to hire and again I'm paraphrasing because I don't have it up in front of me, but you know slippery slope that you're gonna have to hire a lawyer because you winked at someone in the office. Like what the fuck? I I've never once had the need to wink at someone at work. No. It's just, it's real easy to not wink at people. Like if you're that, if you're afraid that it's going to be that.
0: Yeah. It's its really easy not to be a sexual predator. <laughs> like
1: It is really, really easy.
0: Yeah. I guess not for some people, but, That's uh, not... I, also, I don't know if you saw Paul Schrader's, uh, yeah, he's fucking... <laughs> what it's a fucking tool, him. what a fucking tool. He thinks he is hot shit. Because he made the canyons. Are you kidding me? That movie was garbage. Which also had a rapist in it. So yeah.
1: I'm not really shocked by his response either. He's a piece of shit. So it's just, I think at this point, just take them all down. Yeah. I don't know, it kind of feels that way, doesn't it?
0: It's wipe the slate clean. We're just like, okay, so are they all terrible? I, I don't I think, think. I think a lot of the directors that that I tend to follow and that I like a lot. I just get a feeling and I know obviously it's a, I could be very wrong but I just get a feeling that the ones that I like f- follow just they seem like normal regular people. You, but you of course. Of course, yeah, of course. You, you never know. You never know who who it could be. I just have a hard time g- reading a press release or a, 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 an article about Wes Anderson being some like you know. Yeah, um, I hope not.
1: I hope not. I hope that day doesn't come.
0: Oh, I, I hope that we don't hear any more of this. I hope it doesn't happen at all to anybody, even the directors that I hate. Like, I don't want anything to come out about Paul W. S. Anderson being some perv, creepy, you know, sexual yeah. harasser. I don't want. I don't want any of that to happen.
1: But it does seem like this is just tip of
0: the iceberg. Oh stuff. yeah, big time, big time.
1: And then, you know, like Affleck, he comes out with his, and then boom, right after that, it's like, oh, yeah, well, you groped me. It's yep. like, oh, fuck,
0: Ben Affleck. Yeah, I didn't look into that. Uh, I know he admitted to it. Yeah. But he just, I, I, <laughs> just be decent people. I mean, God.
1: That's just, what? How is it so hard? I don't understand. Why are men such trash?
0: I don't know, Kevin. I don't know the answer. I wish I did. Anyway, getting back to some movies. This week on the show, we'll be talking about two movies. We got Silvio, and we got uh, the Meyerwitz Ny- stories. New and, new and Selected. New and Selected. Well, new and Selected. Got both. I think we thing. should... Well, the New and Selected thing, I think, was unnecessary. It was unnecessary because that's how all of these... We. It's implied, right? Like... Of course it's not gonna be every story in their entire lives. So why yeah. would we need to specify that it's new and selected? Like, oh, it's the it's the not, it's the novel of it's the book of their lives. Or whatever. like, come on. We don't need it. <laughs> There's no need for that. We don't we don't need it. Let's start the show talking about Silvio though. Goodness, yes. So this please. is so this is directed by Kentucker Audley and Albert Burney. I have a synopsis here. A small town gorilla joins a local TV program where a series of on-air mishaps send him on a journey of self-discovery. This is actually, and it may be it's the first movie that is based on a Vine series. Yeah. It's based on a Vine series. Uh, about, It is about a gorilla. A cool gorilla. <laughs> He's a cool gorilla. You can tell by the shades. You can tell by the shades. He likes to uh, perform this puppet show, but... Mm-hmm. What makes him what what is what gives him his fifteen minutes of fame is when he breaks some stuff, and then the what's the ape gonna break? Yeah, he kind of gets he kind of gets caught up in that. So this movie, I I didn't know a whole lot. Oh, full disclosure before we start this, I this was a Kickstarter. This was successfully funded on Kickstarter, and I was a backer of this. So I should really? just yeah. So I just should put that out Good there b- before we do this review i want to be you know. well i, I want to be really transparent when it comes to that stuff because we do i do back kickstarters um fairly regularly and i just want to make sure if we do any kind of reviews that i l- give that up upfront mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, as as a caveat so but kevin you did not so your opinions no, are no. real your opinions are real, minor minor fake. Yours had been bought before. I backed it so long ago I don't even know how much how much I donated or anything. Probably, probably 20000 probably twenty I actually forgot that I even donated to it and I got a what? postcard from Silvio in the mail one day. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh oh okay. <laughs> oh God. So this movie is, this is a, this is a movie that I feel has come out at the perfect time in our, in our history. Uh, I was still feeling depressed about all the shit that's going on in, in world affairs. And I'm also being Halloween time. I'm plowing through a whole lot of horror movies. I'm also, I'll talk about it, uh, later in the next segment um I was watching Fincher's series mind hunter on Netflix so a lot of really kind of dark, dark stuff dark depressing downer stuff happening and I put on Silvio and it's like a ray of sunshine coming into my mm-hmm. life uh this is this is a, a great feel-good movie to sit down and watch it in an afternoon and just feel reinvigorated after you watch it. I enjoyed it so much. I I enjoyed this movie immensely. It's funny. Uh, One of the things that I was surprised about is how well shot this movie is. There's some really great cinematography in this. The use of slow-mo, I was a big fan of. And the movie looks great. Like I would say that... I don't know how much money they got from the Kickstarter, but I would say that all of that is reflected on the the screen. Because... It really looks fantastic. It does look really great.
1: There's some great camera work in there. It's nice lighting too. Yeah, it was a lot more, uh, artful than I was, I guess, anticipating going in, you know, you kind of have this, uh, expectation that it's just, it's a guy in a gorilla suit. All right. That does, um, some puppet shows. So you just expect that it's going to be kind of quirky. Should be a little bit fun. Shouldn't take itself too seriously. Should enjoy myself for you know eighty minutes or whatever, but uh, quite surprised that uh, there's a lot more to it than that.
0: And yeah, I absolutely. I, quite,
1: I don't know if I was quite ready for that. I, I wasn't prepared. I, I didn't. I didn't think going into Sylvia that I was like, yeah, this is going to affect me emotionally.
0: Right. This it, is it, it really it really is surprisingly resonant. Like I found myself being very heartwarmed by this this movie which was uh, a bit of a surprise. I think the music uh, helped. Uh,
1: Yeah, for me, I don't think there's really any aspect of this movie where it's, you know, lacking in any sense. You know, I thought the music was on point. Cinematography looks great. Uh, The performances are great. Just the storyline itself, uh, you know, the way it's handled, because it doesn't, it kind of takes itself seriously, but not too much. Right. You know, it just it teeters
0: on that. Yeah, so well it just walks that line. There's there's a, a semi serious story that's happening, but a lot of, there's a lot of kind of absurdist humor in there as well that keeps everything feeling very light. Uh, I thought it was tremendously funny too. The uh, yes. there there was just a lot of really funny stuff going on in this movie. The, one of my favorite. This is not even. This is just one of the things that that sticks out to me was the commercial for the the lighting store with the orbs, orbs, orbs <laughs> sconces. I loved orbs, orbs, orbs <laughs> uh, I,
1: I enjoyed the sconces i don't I don't know what it is, but sconces just make me laugh.
0: yeah sconces. I, was, I was already laughing at the sconces line and then orbs, orbs, orbs <laughs> came right after that and I was I was done. You're done.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, going in before I, because I have watched a decent amount of Silvio's vines.
0: Yeah, I've seen a, I've seen a bunch of them as well.
1: Before going in, and I've also seen um, his Herbert Herples yes puppet show, which I absolutely
0: love. Yes,
1: and I didn't know that the Herbert was going to be in this, so that was just it's just everything that I wanted.
0: Yeah, it's it's a movie that doesn't have any right to exist. When you think about it, it's, I mean, they're vine videos. They're what, how long are vine videos? 15 seconds, 12. Yeah. I don't even know.
1: I don't even know. I mean, Vine's not even around anymore.
0: Yeah. It doesn't even exist anymore. (laughs) It's a dead platform. And to take something like that, not make a short film out of it, but make a feature length film out of it and somehow construct a cohesive narrative while also retaining the, the voice of those vines. Like, you have a lot of sort of smaller segments within this movie that you could make, that, that could be a Vine, you know? Like sort oh, yeah. of like these standalone segments that are the the Herbert Herples or him busting stuff up. Those could be Vines in and of themselves. So you have that f- from Vine in there. So it's not like it's a completely separate thing that just, just has Silvio. They were somehow able to translate these things into... A story that frankly is satisfying and extremely entertaining. Yeah. I was then, I was just I was so surprised. Like I had a feeling I was gonna like it, but I, yeah, I didn't think that, there was gonna be much there. And, you know,
1: and that's kind of what my expectation going in is, is I knew I was gonna like it because I like Silvio. So I knew that it was at least gonna be that. There was a little bit of, you know, you know, should this be here? Should this exist? is it really going to work for 80 minutes? Um, But like you, I was just completely surprised to have it actually be, you know, entertaining, funny throughout time, be kind of affecting and a little bit sad here and there. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out to be this like lovely little film about friendship, which is all pretty much summed up in his little throw pillow on his couch that says friendship isn't a big thing. It's a million little things. And, to me, I just, you know, does Silvio this movie? Does it have any right to be this good?
0: No, but it does.
1: But it yeah. does. It's uh, I absolutely loved it.
0: Yeah, I I did too. I I think it was absolutely incredible. I, I was so 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 surprised and delighted by this this movie. Um, I highly recommend checking it out. I think that most people will really enjoy it. I think that once they get past the hurdle of what the hell is this, they're going to f- find a lot to like with this. Yeah. one. Cause I think that, you know, a lot of people, especially people our age, weren't really like the whole vine thing missed them. And they probably weren't, they're not aware of who Silvio is or what Silvio is all about, but that's not necessary going into this.
1: Yeah. I, I, really think, to I think marketing a news.
0: movie like this, like marketing a movie like this is going to be tough. Yeah, not, uh, I don't know how, I don't know how they're really gonna market it effectively. But I, I hope that it gets its audience. I hope it finds its audience because I could see this easily uh, becoming a cult classic.
1: Do little clips. I mean, you can't
0: obviously you can't do it with buying anymore.
1: Do it with little gifs on Twitter or whatever. I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, I follow I follow Silvio on on Twitter, and he posts lots of little things. So. Clips in the yeah, movie, which, I mean,
1: this is something that I would like to point out too. Al Bernie is hella creative. Oh yeah. This guy is just uh between this and the Beast pageant, which was before this, uh, he might be one of my favorites, just creativity wise, imagination wise.
0: Well not just only thing
1: that he does is like if you go to his Vimeo page, I mean he has tons of stuff on there.
0: Not just only the
1: that he comes up with.
0: Not only do I love his creativity, but uh, I I like his aesthetic. I, I love the aesthetic of Silvio, the yeah. the choice of colors, and just how everything looks like it was this awesome find at a thrift shop. You know, <laughs> it, it, I, I just I love everything about the look of this movie. And he he did a decent amount of the music too to this yeah. movie. Again, yeah, I'll underscore the music. I think that it's that that really. Uh, accentuated a lot of the scenes for me. I, I love the music. Which is, and I mean, this movie was shot, I, I think entirely
1: or partially. I don't know. One of the two in Baltimore. So that gives it like the extra. Right. But if the, for whatever reason, even the music to me was just like, yeah, this sounds like Baltimore.
0: It's got that Be
1: More vibe. Well, there was just this certain time of like Dan Deacon and Ponytail and all these bands, like, like maybe ten years ago or so, maybe even more, coming out of Baltimore, where it's just that that sound mm-hmm. that had going on, and it just it sounded like that It kind of took me back to that
0: time. Because I actually need,
1: expected some of that to be Dan Deacon, but it wasn't.
0: We need we need more films set in Baltimore and framed around Baltimore. Yes, I would agree with that. Correct, I would so like get, that to happen. I love New York. Set movies, but I'm finding that I th- that I have almost the same affinity for Baltimore set movies. So Silvio, great, yeah. great, great movie,
1: and just the the Silvio and Kentucky are oddly just their uh, their chemistry together just
0: works really well. Yeah, it's great. It's fucking
1: heartwarming.
0: Who knew Silvio was going to be heartwarming? <laughs> I really didn't. I thought I thought it was going to be. Just goofy and kind of weird and funny, but I really didn't expect that that level of uh... warmth to it. Yeah, yeah, a shit
1: ton of warmth in this. Like, a, that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, "This is gonna be stupid fun." Yeah, I'm ready for it. I like stupid fun. Let's do it. It's just it, his anger issues with this Herbert doll. Mm-hmm. And he just he had good accuracy with the Herbert doll. He was mm-hmm. just. Hit everything without looking—that was kind of impressive. It was. I wonder how he does that.
0: I don't know. Mirror? Maybe has a mirror. Maybe. maybe Maybe there's like a monitor that's a, that's you know by the camera that he can see. Uses a monitor. I don't know, but man, just
1: shit ton of creativity in there. This is look, this is currently
0: I think like this is top five of the year for me. I think it'll it'll certainly land on my on my top ten definitely, so. Uh Silvio, unfortunately, this is only playing in limited release right now, so it's it's not on VOD just yet, but I, I think is it is it on is it available streaming? No I don't think not yet. Mm. Okay. Just, it, it, I think it opened in one theater in New York. that's it it's I think it's going to be streaming very soon, so uh, keep an eye on my Twitter. as soon as it's available, I'll be tweeting out. That you should check it out. So, I'll Silvio, buy it for you. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's not make that promise. <laughs> not everyone. I say everyone. One I'll, call, for, I'll oh, buy one, it for one person. <laughs> Just one person. I'll buy it for you. I'll match that. I'll, I'll I'll buy it for one person as well. If it comes out, send me a tweet we'll, yeah, filmpulse We'll
1: do a little. We'll do a giveaway.
0: Yeah, we could do a giveaway. I don't know how that'll work, but we'll
1: do it. Adam will figure it out. He'll <laughs> he'll figure out the logistics of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'll have to. Just send me a tweet. If if you want to be the f- first person to see Silvio, send me a tweet at Net. Send me a DM and I'll hook you up. That. Uh, all right, let's give this thing a score. Oh, man, I didn't even think about this. Uh, Silvio. I'm, gonna, I'm like, I'm thinking like an eight right now. Eight nine. out of 10. Go for it. Now. I'm going nine. Nine out of 10. Well, maybe a nine and a half the The problem is i I don't I can't justify that score. like I to, there's not there's nothing that I really have negative to say about it. Yeah, I like the way I justify it is like I just point to the movie and be like,
1: why is this at night? And I'm just like, because of this? Just watch it. Yeah, and then try and argue
0: with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, Silvio, check it out. Let's talk about the Meyerwitz stories. This is written and directed by Noah Baumbach. I have a synopsis here, and a strange family gathers in New York for an event celebrating the artistic work of their father, the stars. Uh Adam Sandler, Grace Van Patten, Dustin Hoffman, uh Judd Hirsch. Elizabeth Marvel. Did I did I say Ben Stiller? I don't know if I said Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller's in there. Uh now, Kevin, you're I, I if I remember correctly. On numerous occasions you've you've spoken out against Noah Bombach. You were, you're not you're not a Bombach fan. I'm a hit or miss. You're a hit or miss Bombach. He's hit or miss with me. And I
1: think the last time that we discussed Noah Bomback, I came to this kind of realization that the movies that is were co written by a woman. The movies that I can't stand of his are when he was flying solo where he co wrote it with another guy.
0: Okay, so this and I'm just one... talking
1: the, 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 the movies that he directed. So I'm right. not talking about like the Wes Anderson stuff. Oh, just yeah. the ones that he
0: directed. Right, right. So, so you were, you were, you were into Mistress America, mm-hmm. and now his next one, this is just written by him. So, mm-hmm. what, so what was, are your, what are your thoughts on the Myra stories? Little,
1: I was a little bit worried. on it. And like, oh, geez. Here we go. And, you know, you got the the, the debt and it's, you know, the typical middle class thing or well, just upper class, I guess. I have problems with my dad. <clears throat> so I was a bit worried going into this one, but I got to say I was I was pleasantly surprised. I, I actually quite enjoyed this. I'm glad I thought this was, uh, it was pr- pretty mature work for him.
0: I'm glad you enjoyed it because yeah. I, I had a really good time with this movie and I was, I was hoping that, that you felt the same way because I, I, I really enjoyed just, this movie. And that argument? Well, I, I was just, yeah. I, I was hoping that you got out of it what I, what I did, the same level of enjoyment. It was, it was fun to see Adam Sandler because I didn't know Adam Sandler was in this. Yeah, he's like, like one, right of the main, the bat. Yeah. one of the main
1: characters. <laughs> And right off the bat I'm just like, wait, Adam Sandler? And then that whole that whole, you know, first section of him trying to find a parking spot and just the way that it's shot and the writing and everything, I was like, Okay. I think everything's gonna be all right. I yeah. This
0: is <laughs> yeah. Uh I-, I felt the exact same way. So I knew a little bit about the plot going into it. I had no preconceived notions about it. I wasn't particularly excited for it, even though I do like most of Bombax movies, even the ones that that you despise, like Greenberg and Squid and the Whale. I like Uh, Greenberg. Oh, you did? I thought that was did like Greenberg. No, I like Greenberg. Squid and the Whale sucks. That's a shit movie. So, so, so the only one that you really don't like is the Squid and the Whale. No, I don't like Squid and the Whale. I don't like uh, While We're Young. That was awful. Oh, that's I didn't see that one. Yeah, um, I, I missed that one. Getting it screened. I didn't first see movie. I don't like that one. Like, yeah, it's three. Okay, three that I don't like, and now four that I do like.
1: All right, All there right. you
0: go. So, so he's in the he's he's back in the winning column. Four and three.
1: He's four and three. I'm sure that'll make him really happy to learn that. <laughs>
0: uh. So yeah, I, I had no expectations about this one going into it, and from that opening scene i was laughing and i was like okay uh, i'm glad to see sandler back in a decent role and i was i was very happy to see him in in this movie because i still think adam sandler is a great actor and i think that he's a really funny human being but i just the choices that he's made with yeah.
1: his his recent well, netflix
0: offerings is, yeah. know, a little lacking and i think
1: that's something Kind of like Silvio, where he kind of gets pigeonholed, and that—that's what people want. So he delivers. He's making that money. Yeah, I and guess we, you know we talked about it numerous times. You know, you're going to pay me how much money? I get to hang out with my my friends. And hey, all right, I can do that.
0: Yeah, but I'm I'm still happy that he decides on to do movies like this every now and then. Yeah, because it it sort of reminds us that Adam Sandler is actually a talented actor. And he's able to straddle that line between comedy and drama, fairly easy, I would say. Yeah. Uh, although this this movie, I thought this movie was tremendously funny as well. I, I was. Funny. I thought the the writing was on point on this. There's a ton of throwaway lines and just little bits of dialogue because frequently, as the movie progresses, you have a lot of people talking over each other, which I tend to like. In movies, uh, and a lot of those lines are really funny.
1: It is a, it is a well written film, and uh, I think for me, Elizabeth Marvel was the high point. Her the sister, mm-hmm. I just I thought I just thought that she was unbelievable. She was so great, and I don't and I don't know if this was well. I'm sure it was a conscious decision, but everything that they're going through and. He, have ben stiller and adam sandler's character just is a whining and bitching and moaning they can't move on with their lives because of their father played by dustin hoffman and all this stuff and like here she is just no one really
0: interacts with her she's just going with the We're flow she's she's just, large, no one really acknowledges her lar- largely silent throughout most and a lot of i the mean, movie. people yeah,
1: and when they're talking about like the past and the, you know things that she's never once mentioned. So, I, did she exist as they were growing up? I have no idea. It seems like just everyone ignored her like throughout the entirety of their lives in, unless they need her. And uh, you know, she's going through all of this and she seems to be able to handle it pretty well.
0: One of my when, one of my favorite lines in the movie comes from her and it was when they first when Adam Sandler first realized she was at the house and she goes, I made cookies, but I stepped in dog shit. (laughs) And just the way she delivered that line was so funny to me.
1: And just, you know,
0: when they, they
1: finally like talk to her and, you know, she recounts her story, which, which
0: not to interrupt, uh, but when the, the way that they introduced that where she just randomly is running away.
1: Yeah, she just runs away, and then they finally, you know, catch up with her. Yeah, you know, she tells them and everything, and you know, all this time they've been so laser focused on their own bullshit, which is like it pales in comparison, like by like tenfold, because they're the stuff that they're dealing with is just kind of ridiculous. Like, get the fuck over it. And you know, she recounts her story, and all they can do is you know, like try and hug her. She's just like, I'm
0: going for a smoke. Get away from me. Yeah, I also love the the casual way in which she told the story too. Just her delivery of that story was, it yeah. was gold. And then how, you know, everything that transpires that it, and
1: when, when she kind of realizes what they did, I guess, in their minds to like even the score or whatever, which again, how ridiculous they are as people and she, how she kind of points out that it, you know she could smash every car and burn the hospital down, and it wouldn't fix anything, yeah. which I think is them was her way of you know trying to tell these guys that like you can't fix this, which and they keep trying, and it's so stupid what they're trying to fix like I don't un they make such a big deal out of it these two.
0: if there's one issue I had with the movie, it was that I felt like it was never fully conveyed why they were always bitching and moaning about their lives being so messed up like i i i I just didn't feel like like i get it you you keep saying that your dad wasn't there for you and this and that but i just wasn't i wasn't seeing that i wasn't feeling that yeah Yeah. because it seemed like everything else was pretty great yeah i mean they all they
1: Danny, Danny, and the
0: uh, well, they had issues. I mean, Danny was going through a separation with his wife, and then uh, Ben Stiller's character was also having marital troubles, it seems, as well. So, I mean, there were there certainly were problems, but the focus of their problems, and maybe this is part of it, they kept projecting those those issues onto their their dad, Harold. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and they're so they're so. They cling on to this, this is uh, their
1: their daddy issue, which is probably why everything else is falling apart. But get over it.
0: You're like, you know,
1: what mid forties, late forties, fifties. I don't know how old these guys are. Probably,
0: probably mid forties, maybe. I think late at this 40s. point in time, you you should be over this.
1: Especially considering that it just wasn't. I don't know. You know, it just didn't seem like
0: that uh, that big of a deal. Right. Yeah. That was that was kind of the sense that I got.
1: But I also was kind of confused by this, you know, they keep kind of, well, Danny Sandler's character kind of keeps pointing to how he, he does like his dad's work. He, Dustin Hoffman is a sculptor. He's an artist. He likes his dad's work, and you think it should have been appreciated more, and they're trying to put together this show at Bart College and everything, and I'm just thinking, it seems like you were pretty successful. Like, you have two houses. Right, yeah. Like... <laughs> You have a piece at the Whitney. Like it seems like things worked out pretty well. I don't quite understand what the concern is here. It seemed like he did pretty well for himself.
0: Yeah, that that was the sense that I got too. Like often they mention how he was. He never really made it. Like he he's never really made a name for himself. But it was like he seemed like he's pretty. I mean, he he seemed like he had a successful career as a professional artist, which is the feat unto itself. And then on top yeah. of that, he was also a teacher at Bard. So yeah. it seems to me like he did ha, ha, had a pretty full life and a full career. Yeah. Although maybe that's maybe that's part of maybe it's the just, story. You know? He's just greedy. It's yeah. A greedy. He's just uh, greedy. Little he's never. Story. He's never. He's always jealous. He's never going to be happy with the level of success that he has. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Hoffman's character? I think Hoffman's always good. Yeah, he's he's I always like great. Hoffman here,
1: especially when him and Ben Stiller are out for lunch. <laughs> but they never get to actually eat lunch.
0: I love how they kept cutting. Every time they would cut, they'd be in a new restaurant. <laughs> I would love that. And then the guy putting things on their table. <laughs> and uh, just the way
1: that they filmed that too and Ben Stiller's chasing him down like the you know they have the camera come down mm-hmm. and then pan across and they see the guy you know running down the other side of the building and then Stiller running back to see where Hoffman is and then just the way they filmed all of that was great.
0: Yeah, I thought the uh I thought the camera work was was good in this. I thought the cinematography was was decent. There were some fun moments. I liked the fight the fight scene between Sandler and Stiller uh, I liked how that was shot. Which it, it, is this was uh, Robbie Ryan,
1: which I was kind of surprised. Oh, okay. I,
0: yeah, like the whole way through
1: the film, I was like, "Damn, this is," I'm really liking this, and I was like, "Oh, it's Robbie Ryan." He's worked with Bombach before.
0: Yeah, uh, I enjoyed the visuals on this. Uh, they're they're pretty good. Um, there was there was a weird editing choice that happened in tor- towards the end of the movie where. They give us a little bit of uh, Eliza's story and then they do this fade to black for some reason and then they fade back in and it's like a bunch of time has passed. And I really Mm -hmm. didn't understand why they did that because they didn't do it in any other moment in the movie and it felt kind of strange to me. It felt a little out of place. Did you notice that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just figured that it was again the the women not getting you know because the, these these three kind of dominate yeah the, yes. uh, the world you know that little that little world of the Meyerwitzes
0: yeah I mean I felt like they didn't spend but
1: it seems like she's gonna break out of it because <laughs> that that last video was ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> uh... the slap
0: <laughs> the the,
1: the Jeed's there
0: and she and she's like, I, that was a great scene the haircut <laughs> when they he's like oh, I can do it I have scissors and then they just the next cut is her with the shorter hair thought, oh. <laughs> the next haircut but it looked absolutely horrible on jean uh i i like how she was like i'm in five of them a <laughs> uh, lot of funny stuff in this in this movie i was laughing throughout uh throughout almost the whole thing yeah I
1: just I wish there was I wish it was just Jean because I have a feeling that the Jean like if we did a Jean section you know maybe like 30-40 minutes that Jean section would be much funnier than everyone else not to say that this movie isn't funny right I just have a feeling that Jean is even funnier and she needs the limelight
0: agreed agreed We because I want to you. know
1: I want to know about her little videos that she makes at Xerox
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. everyone
1: fucking loves them <laughs>
0: Hmm. We do get to see Adam Sandler going off the handle a few times in this, and that was great. Get to see a- angry, angry Sandler.
1: Yeah, yeah. They, they, they all, they all three seem to have a little bit of anger
0: issues. Oh yeah, Sandler a little bit worse though. I loved the ongoing limp issue and how everybody consistently brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh... And then how they
1: cut to the. They just that you know, out of nowhere, cut to uh, kind of
0: wrapping that one
1: up, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, bringing it to its conclusion.
0: A lot of a lot of great editing choices in this. They, I felt like the use of, of cuts mid scene were, were good, yeah. I think it did it, it heightened the, the comedy a bit, yeah. They did it, they did it quite frequently, and they would do it like in the middle of all, uh, dialogue. And it, I thought it was pretty, pretty successful in how they did that. Uh, yeah, overall, uh, I would say that this is definitely worth a look. It's on Netflix, so you can check it out. I'd say it's uh, better than better than a lot of the Netflix stuff. Say so this is probably one of the best Netflix movies. Um, best. I don't know. I'm still a big fan of uh, what's it called? I don't want to live in this world anymore. Is that the name of it? Or something like that. Yeah. Something like her. I don't feel. I don't feel at home uh, in this world anymore. That's a ridiculous title.
1: I know. See, I think that's the problem with Netflix. It's like you're just able to do whatever title you want. So you end up getting the Meyer stories, new and selected. <laughs> I don't feel at home in this world anymore. It's yeah. just like it's going on Netflix. You can make it whatever
0: title you want. Yeah, just do whatever you want. You're on Netflix. Yeah, I would say that this is definitely one of their best. Um, Fictional movies, yeah. So, uh, let's give this a score. Uh, I think uh, we'll start with you, Kevin. What are you going to give the Meyerwood stories?
1: Ooh, um, I'm going to say seven and a half, maybe uh, eight.
0: I'm sitting at uh, seven and a half, eight as well. My initial thought is uh, seven and a half on this one. Okay, but I really, I really enjoyed it. I mean, talking about it, just I. I Literally just finished it right before we started recording, so um it's mate. one of those um this is one of those good weeks
1: you know we where we, we pick two movies to watch they're both good, they're both entertaining, both funny, yeah, yep it's just it was a nice weekend uh
0: it was a great weekend for me. Let's use that to segue into our watch list. I saw brawl and cell block ninety nine mm-hmm. this is from s Craig Zoller. This is the guy who did Bone Tomahawk, which both of us were pretty big fans of, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I loved me some Bone Tomahawk. So this is another exploitation film, modern exploitation film. This tackles the, the prison genre, and I will say that it tackles it in a big and extremely successful way. I pretty much loved this movie. It stars Vince Vaughn as this guy who, down on his luck, he's a tow truck driver, gets laid off, um, doesn't have any other way to, to get money, so he decides to work for his buddy, drug running. So he mm-hmm. does that for quite a while, makes a lot of money, he is able to move his wife into a nicer house, and they have a baby on the way, and then shit hits the fan He ends up in prison Uh, because of what happened. He ended up losing a bunch of drugs for this cartel. And what they do is they kidnap his wife, his pregnant wife. And they say, if you don't kill this guy who's in another prison, then if you don't kill him by this, this certain time, we're going to get a Korean abortionist to cut off the limbs of your unborn child. And mail them to you. Oh,
1: to yeah. Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. Uh, this movie is so brutal and so violent. I was sh- I was shocked at some of the sequences in this movie. <laughs> I was just like, "Holy shit!" Uh, Bone Tomahawk was the same way. Where if you remember that movie, it played out like uh, a fun western, maybe with some horror elements. Until the end, when you're just like, "Oh my God, what is going on?" And that's sort of how this one plays out as well. It's not very mm. violent. There's some fight scenes that have some brutality to them, but it's pretty tame until towards the end. And it then it just ratchets up the the level of violence to like mm. turn turn your head away levels because it's just so intense. Um, so basically, what happens? Vince Vaughn agrees to do this. He's in a medium security prison. He gets a seven year sentence. And so he's like, okay, well I got to go over to this maximum security prison. How do I do that? Oh, I'll just beat the shit out of a whole bunch of prison guards all at once. So he ends up in maximum security prison. It's this horrible, uh, almost fantastical place led. It's run by Don Johnson. And it's like a, it's, it looks like an old castle or something. And it's just the most horrible place ever. His first night there, they put him in the cell. Or first, first he gets he has to get transferred to the cell block where the guy is that he has to kill. So he has to beat up some more people to get transferred there because it's like the worst cell block in the whole prison. Once he gets transferred there, they put this shock belt on him and tell him that he has he's going to get twenty five shocks over the next month. And it'll happen at random times, but it'll definitely be while he's either eating, sleeping, or using the bathroom. So, throughout a large section of this movie, Vince Vaughn's just wearing this shock belt and just randomly getting shocked (laughs) at at certain times. Uh, When they first throw him into his cell, it has broken glass all over the floor. Like, it's just covered in broken glass. So, they shock him whenever he's, like, standing up so that he falls into the broken glass. It's a crazy movie. I highly recommend it. It's on VOD now. It's called Brawl in Cell Block 99. It is it's really out there. It's it's um it's very good. If you liked Bone Tomahawk, this is this is right up there. The there is some comedy in this one, not as much as Bone Tomahawk. Uh however, the the dialogue's pretty snappy just like like that one was as well. Yeah. And the, again, some of the shit that you see in this movie, you're just like, hmm, I've never seen that in a movie before. That is insane. Uh, I saw
1: The Survivalist from, oh, okay. Uh, Stephen Finkleton. This is on Netflix Instant as well. You can watch this one. Um, one of these, uh, as the name suggests, Survivalist movies, Apocalypse. Yeah, I saw this one. Something, something along those lines. Guy out in the woods trying to, trying to give it a go. Uh, got his little farm and whatnot things get a little bit dicey when uh a woman and her daughter show up and he decides to take them in and uh it kind of kind of works out kind of doesn't work out um this is this is kind of a, a slow one it's it's not gonna wow you i mean I for me there wasn't much going on on the the, uh, the narrative side of things you know what i mean there isn't anything that would kind of shocked me or surprised me or kept me riveted you know it was just kind of standard pretty much played out the way that i thought it would play out uh the visuals too i didn't think there was really anything that kind of wowed me um it's just it's a solid well-made film that just does nothing for me it's just a, a light cool breeze blew by for a while that's what i i when letterbox i i I call it, uh, it's a well-prepared glass of water. <laughs> That's what it, I mean, like there's not a whole lot to, there's not a whole lot of negative to lop against it, but at the same time, it's, there's really no positives either. It's just right down the middle.
0: I called it, so, the, the, I called it the feel bad movie of the year and uh, I got, I got quoted for that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's not a
0: happy one. No,
1: you're not you're not gonna it's not gonna uplift you in any way. I, I mean really the only reason that I would seek this out is if you're really into that. You know, the whole survivalist surviving the apocalypse type thing.
0: Yeah. I I mean I, I am into those types of movies. I, I thought that this movie was okay too. I didn't hate it or anything. But Yeah. That's just
1: it's just nothing memorable about
0: yeah, it. Yeah, I, I remember very little.
1: Because as soon as he lets the the two women in, you're just like, "Oh, this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna end well." You guys don't have enough stuff, and you're a huge target. Because like, at that point in time, he's already had like four people come to his place. It's like there's just gonna keep being people, and you only have like two bullets. Like this isn't gonna work. Right. I don't understand people trying to survive the apocalypse. Just end it. What's the point?
0: <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate your you outlook. That. <laughs> what the fuck you want to survive that for? Will that work? Come on. So that's the survivalist on Netflix. I saw the Florida Project.
1: You son of a bitch.
0: Uh, so this is Sean Baker's latest. He did Tangerine back in 2015. Was my one of my favorite movies of the year in 2015. And guess what? Art project going to be one of my favorite movies of 2017 because it is amazing. This is, this is the type of movie that is, is very much tailor fit to, to my interests. I mean, uh, I, I loved the setting. It's set in Orlando in sort of, uh, rundown area or of Orlando, which is actually, if you've been to Orlando, that's most of Orlando. Uh, it's, it's, there's a lot of shitty areas of Orlando, And this takes place in a like a hotel, uh, like an area that that's just nothing but sort of rundown hotels that are like extended stay hotels and follows uh, a girl who lives at this hotel with with her mom. And it just follows her life and the adventures that she gets in with her friends who also live either at the same hotel she's in or a neighboring hotel uh, the the girl in this, uh, her name's Brooklyn Prince. Amazing. I'm I'm notoriously hard on child actors, and this kid was incredible. Like sh- what she brought to the table, what she was able to do at being while being that young was really impressive to me. Uh, I thought she was just incredible. Uh, Willem Dafoe plays the hotel manager, and he is. Uh, amazing he probably one of the best roles i've seen him in in a few years you got uh get some small parts for caleb landry Landry jones in there and Mm -hmm. you know what he's not some kind of strug strung out druggie in this but he is kind of sweaty and slightly dirty looking so
1: i just i wonder if that's
0: if that's gonna come out in every role he just
1: seems to have this odd like energy to him
0: well this one is okay, definitely no, the role that he plays is sort of against type in this so he he's like a normal he's pretty much a normal person in this so i'd say it's slightly against type he mm-hmm. plays he actually plays willem Dafoe's son in it and he's only oh, in like okay. two scenes but uh making blair's in it for about a minute too uh but this this small amount of time he's in it is is definitely memorable so it's funny it's tragic it's it's like a a roller coaster of emotions in this movie and it's it's also very heartfelt so and and it's it's gorgeous too like you know tangerine was famously shot on an iphone and it looked amazing this is actually shot on an actual film camera and it looks just as amazing so definitely check out the florida project if and when it's going to be playing in your area uh, cause it gets my highest of recommendations.
1: Okay. Check. It out. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. I'll be waiting patiently. I, I feel, I feel like it's going to be a while. I think you'll be able to but see in the meantime, it.
0: You'll be able to see it before the end of the year.
1: I think probably that's my hope. But, uh, in the meantime, I watched a dark song. I remember this. By, one. Uh, Liam, Liam Gavin. This is also on Netflix instant. If you, uh, sense a trend, um, this one too, just completely unmemorable. Uh, I th- up until a certain point, I thought it was kind of interesting the way that it was working with this woman that lost her son, and she kind of hires Steve Oram to do this. Uh, she gets a house and everything to do these uh, these like rituals to try and I guess she wants to get revenge, right? So up until a certain point, it's really interesting the way that, like what she's willing to sacrifice. In order to make this happen, because Steve Oram is—he's back and forth where he seems like just—I mean—he's doing rituals and stuff, so he's not a hundred percent, you know, decent. Right, but
0: but also you're you're constantly questioning if he's even if this yeah. is even real. Like you just think—is he a fraud? Is he just trying to yeah. take advantage of this woman? And he
1: and he increasingly does some like really creepy stuff where it's just like okay. I don't. I don't think he knows what he's doing. Like he's just using this to abuse it, really. Um, and then goes hard at the end, which is when it fell apart for me. When it when it revealed itself, it just because it just felt like more of the same. Yeah. Like the, to me, you were doing something really interesting. It was I was in it, and then you just went the standard route. And I was. I was just like, oh, okay, this again. Kind of bummed me out.
0: I was more keen on the just the premise of this one. I thought it was an interesting idea.
1: I did too, and that's what and then the way that they were kind of going about it, the way that they were executing it but then, like I said, at a certain point, they just they just dropped all that stuff and were like, let's just do standard fare. We'll do some some creepy creatures. Some creepy creatures. Creepy creatures that you've seen 289 times before. Yep. This Uh, one looks like he's kind of dead. This one's got some white stuff on him. It's like, cool. This
0: one's got some white stuff on him.
1: (laughs) It looks like he could... Someone threw a shit ton of chalk on him. Like, oh boy.
0: So that's a dark song available on Netflix. I saw one that's on Netflix called The Babysitter. This is a uh, a horror comedy directed by McG. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a... I'm not a fan of, uh, McG's stuff at all. I didn't know he was still making movies. Well, he is. And, uh, evidently it's, uh, this Netflix movie called the babysitter. Uh, in fact, looking at his filmography, I have not liked a single one of his movies, uh, that I've okay. seen and I've seen, looks like four or five of them. Uh, this one was okay. It wasn't anything great. It felt like a Netflix movie. And I and I think that we can say at the I think it's safe to say at this point that it felt like a Netflix movie and people will know what that means. Like they'll know <laughs> what that'll look like and how that'll feel.
1: It's 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 in the same vein as Vanilla Folder.
0: Yeah. Uh so basically the premise of this one is it's this kid who has a little bit of a crush on his babysitter, played by, uh, what's her name? I think it's Samara Weaving. Maybe, maybe that's who it is. Yeah, super hot, like older babysitter, and he is talking to his neighbor, and his neighbor basically says to him, "Well, you should see what she's doing when you after you go to sleep." You should see if like she she's having a boyfriend over, if they're making out. So you should see what's going on. So he decides to stay up and pretend that he's going to sleep, and he comes to find that his babysitter is has a bunch of people over in order to do a some sort of satanic ritual in his house, Oops. and they have to sacrifice a human. So they kill somebody in his living room. He sees it. And then uh, another part of the ritual is the blood of the innocent. So he has to go back to bed and pretend to be asleep and they go into his room and steal some of his blood. But then they he wakes up and they they find out that he saw what they did so they try to kill him. Um the the comedy is not really that funny at all. There's like these silly title cards that constantly pop up that make it try to try to make it feel like grindhousey but they don't work at all. Uh, so yeah, the comedy definitely didn't really land for me. There's a lot of gore in it, a lot of really crazy gore that uh, that looked actually pretty good. Um, so that was that was on point. But overall, it was just pretty much meh. It really was a, a Manila folder. It's a bummer.
1: I was uh, surprised by unfriended.
0: Yeah, unfriended. I watched unfriended. It's a pretty fun one. Um,
1: it is. It is. And at least for me, I haven't experienced a movie doing this type of thing, you know, where it's all desktop. So yeah. to me, it was original and felt fresh. There's not too and many of them. With not. that in mind, yeah, I I wasn't sure. You know, I wasn't sure if this has been done before or, you know, maybe this is like the third or fourth film to do this. But either way, with that in mind, right from the outset is – I don't know what the formula is. So I have no idea where this is going, where it's going to end up. You know what I mean? So it's, for me, it's not following any of the, you know, the beats that you're used to when, like, if you go into a slasher film or if you go into a paranormal film or, you know, ghost film, you, you kind of recognize where the scares are going to come from, how they're going to handle it, where they're going to end up. Cause especially considering so many people are just hell bent on doing homages now that, they just fully buy into the formula. But here, I didn't really know. I had no idea what was going on because to me, there was no blueprint. So with that in mind, I was completely riveted the whole way through. Yes, some stuff didn't work for me, but overall, I thought it was entertaining as all hell. And I found it really interesting too.
0: So if you're not familiar, Unfriended, the whole movie is on a computer screen. So it is, uh, does it... It's just one screen, right? It's just the main yeah. character's screen. It doesn't yep. switch and different screens. No, so it's, it's just the really it's just interesting one to, to how
1: they do. You know, like you type a message out, and then you delete it, and then you type another message out, and then you delete it. So you can kind of see like the thought process of where. Yeah, that's she what she wants to say and she, how she's getting to it, and then like her hovering her or, or like a cursor or over something, like you know what I mean? Like yeah. You,
0: that's, She's not 100 sure if she wants to click on it or not. That's been done before, but um, there was a short film that came out a few years ago that was like that wasn't a horror film or anything, but it they did the, the exact same thing. But uh, yeah, I, it, it's definitely something that is hasn't been done a whole lot, and it it does work because it's really interesting. It puts you in the mind of this main character who you don't really see, you see their actions on the computer, but it, it really kind of puts you in their head when they're hovering over things and typing out messages and then deleting them and stuff like that. I th- I think it's an interesting idea. Yeah. And for for me, a lot of that movie worked as well. Uh, I was glad to see that Terry was in it. Old terror bear. <laughs> yeah.
1: I haven't seen him
0: for a while. Yeah. Unfriended is definitely um, worth a look. I would say, uh, I saw a movie called better watch out. This is a Christmas horror movie directed by Chris Peckover. I'm not going to talk a lot about the plot of this one because this is one that you need. You absolutely need to go into cold because there's a big twist that happens maybe in the second act, maybe a little bit after. Yeah, I'd say probably 30, 45 minutes into it maybe that changes the whole dynamic of the film. And if you know what that twist is, this movie is not going to work for you. So it's, mm-hmm. it's very important if you do, if you are interested in this movie, to go in knowing nothing. Uh, the synopsis is okay. You can read the synopsis. At least the one on Letterboxd yes, is fine. But I would not watch a trailer or anything. Okay. I, I went into it completely cold. And I definitely I could tell right off the bat, like, oh, okay. Well, if anybody knows what's going to happen here, this is this is going to ruin the whole movie. Uh, but basically, it's about a, a a baby. It's a it's another babysitter movie, which is really weird that I would watch two of these in a row. I I had no idea. It was just a coincidence. But this kid who has a crush on his babysitter and she's about to move away. She's moving to Pittsburgh to go to school, I think. And, uh, they, he has a big crush on her and he decides that this, this final night that she's over at his house, he's going to tell her that he has a crush on her. But then, um, some intruders come and home invade. And that's, that's all I'll say about it. But it, it goes to some really interesting places. I feel like a lot of it didn't necessarily work for me, but there's enough here that it feels like something, something different. It it goes to, it's, it's a pretty depraved movie when, when, when you reflect on it afterwards, but uh, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, better watch out is the name of it.
1: Okay. Um, I'm going to keep this brief, but this is one that I kind of forgot to talk about. Over the last couple, I saw uh, Firewalk with me. Oh, okay. I, th- I think I forgot to bring that up, but I, I watched Firewalk with me, and holy shit, that movie is incredible. Yeah. I love it. Cheryl Lee is amazing in that movie. That's an all-timer performance. Everything with that picture is creepy as all hell, and it's just, man, that just that sucker delivered. Because the, the season two, the Twin Peaks, it gets a little rough. Gets a little rough. Yeah. Sort losing me in a couple spots where I'm just like, this isn't good. This isn't good anymore.
0: Well now what are we doing? So you're you finished Firewalk with me and you're on you're on season three now. Yeah. What are your what are your thoughts so far on season three? I love it. <laughs> I I knew you would. Yeah. And and you're still early in the season too. There's eighteen episodes. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm pretty stoked. And it gets it just gets it. better and better too. So yeah, because
1: I mean, once the the first episode kicked off, I kind of had an idea with everyone talking about it on Twitter and stuff. But the nice thing is the it doesn't really spoil it. But at the same time, I kind of knew like oh, it seems seems like it's gonna be a little abstract, and uh, I was really happy that there's more of that.
0: Oh, it's like non. It's almost the whole thing. <laughs> it's yeah. there's there's very. If there's any big difference, I mean, the the new season three is actually very similar in a lot of ways in in structure to the other seasons. But uh, the the big thing is right from the beginning, it's it's really out there and it stays that way throughout the whole season. Yeah, I like that. Definitely. Uh, Since we're talking about TV shows, I'll briefly mention uh, I watched Mindhunter on Netflix. This is the David Fincher show about uh takes place in the seventies. Um it's about these two guys, these two FBI agents who are in the um uh criminals uh, criminal psychology, criminal science uh division. <laughs> I already forgot the, the the name of the specific department they're they're in, but they devised this study to basically profile killers and this is like something new at the time we they, they didn't really have criminal profiling back then and they didn't even have the term serial killer back then so these guys basically were the first to do this study to to sort of profile um serial killers uh, in the show they call them sequence killers they didn't they didn't actually coin the the phrase at the time and it's sort of a procedural where every episode they sort of tackle either a crime or they will go to a prison and talk to a serial killer. And it's just, it's a fascinating show. It's, uh, very well scripted and it looks incredible. It looks like, it looks exactly like a Fincher movie where it has that same color palette that he likes to use, where it's like, everything is sort of, uh, has the color pulled out of it. You know, everything looks very drab and monotone, Mm -hmm. but it just, it it just works so well. Um, Zodiac comes to mind. Just the color grading on the shows. It's so good. Uh, but I finished the first season. I enjoyed it quite a bit. So I would recommend checking out Mindhunter when you get a chance. Uh, Fincher directed like two or three of the episodes, but they're all, they're all good
1: you already finished it
0: yeah it's like uh it's like eight episodes or something it's it's not super oh, okay. long gotcha but i yeah. I binged it so finished it in like two days or yeah uh anything else on your watch list nope i'm done all right let's move on and talk about some new releases this week what do we got biggies we got some biggies here geostorm mm-hmm. oh god it's the disaster movie looks pretty bad I
1: just I don't. I don't understand this shit. I don't understand
0: these movies. Disaster movies. The fuck?
1: Yeah, what the fuck? You want to see those for? My dad but loves I, dis- yeah,
0: my them. dad loves disaster movies. Those are like his shit. his guilty I pleasure. Mean,
1: I guess, like at a certain time, they were they were kind of novel, you know, with the to see the the effects and everything. But I think now where. Like it's just an onslaught of actual and natural disasters. Right.
0: We don't need it. We don't need the fictional like, ones. We're dealing yeah, like, with the real life ones at this yeah, point. No, thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. I think it looks pretty bad. I'm not interested. We have the snowman, which also looks very bad. Uh, mm-hmm. and apparently some some reviews are starting to come out that, that mirror that that thought that it's not very good. Mm. I'm not I'm not really sure like when I first saw the trailer for this, I was like, "Oh, that looks that looks pretty bad." And it's called the Snowman. Are you kidding me? Yeah, but it's it's, it's got some big people Alfredson. in it,
1: and it's Thomas Alfredson. and it's based on the Joe Nesbo book. So I don't know.
0: I mean, I, I'll probably still check it out because I I kind of like I like these these crime thrillers, but yeah, I don't know, man. Apparently, it's not very good. What about Kilmer, what
1: about Kilmer's in it.
0: Oh, well, I'm definitely seeing it now. Come on. Yeah. We have Tyler Perry's Boo 2 A Medea Halloween. Yeah. Uh, Only the Brave. The Killing of a Sacred Deer. It's the new Lanthimos one yeah. that I'm sure you you are excited about, as am I. I yeah. am.
1: Yes. Thank you.
0: That, that has top ten material right there for me. <laughs> Correct. Leatherface. This is uh, one that... Uh, I talked about it, I think last week and said to stay away from. It's not very good. Jungle with uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Okay. I think it's about a guy trapped in the jungle. <laughs> good, good choice on the title there. Mm-hmm. Tragedy work, Girls. This, okay. this is one that I'm um, I'm curious about. It's a horror comedy, I think. All right. uh, we'll have a review for that one up early this week. Wonderstruck, That's the um, new Todd Haynes. Yeah, uh, I'm actually not not really interested in this.
1: I don't have I have absolutely no thoughts on it whatsoever.
0: Yeah, BPM beats per minute. This one I am interested in. I've heard good things. Yeah, this one won a whole lot yeah. of awards on the festival circuit. Heard nothing but good things. I saw a trailer for it recently when I saw Florida Project, and I was like, "Yep, um, I'm definitely into that one." Count me in. Count me in. Count me in. Killing Gunther. This is a comedy with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Uh, looks. This one has Netflix written all over it, although I don't think it's coming out on Netflix. It wasn't even good enough for Netflix. And it's written and directed by Taron Killam. Are you serious? Yeah, it's got a ton of SNL people in it, too. Huh. It's like a found footage. Not found footage, but mockumentary uh, oh, okay. where Arnold plays like the world's top assassin and Taron Killen plays this other guy who's trying to kill him. Could be, could be worth a couple laughs. Who knows? Jane. This is a documentary about Jane Goodall. Bad day for the cut. Not sure what that is. Delt. It's about a, I think it's about a blind magician. Mm -hmm. Never here. That's also, it's a documentary. Kills on wheels. This is one that I'm really not sure what this is all about, but uh, I am, I'm definitely into it. It's a meaningful action comedy of a wheelchair-bound assassin gang. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: Assassin Weekend.
0: Yeah, I sent, uh, when, the, when the poster for this one came out, I sent it to Ryan. I remember when I first heard about this, I was like, Ryan has to see Oh, yes. This. Oh, yeah. I'm going to try to get it for him. Let's see what else we have here. Uh, that's it. That's Ooh, pretty right. much it. A little bit of a light week. Yeah. Next week. See so we got on VOD. We have Dead Body. This is coming out on the 17th. The Evil That uh-huh. Men Do, which is also the 17th. The 19th, we have Revolt, which is going to be on Direct TV. Direct TV still a thing, evidently. <laughs> and then on the 20th, even- we have Leatherface and Jungle. Okay. Now, I'm sure this one meets I want to meet someone that
1: is like awaiting things to be released on Direct TV
0: direct tv like, exclusive I revolt i can't fucking wait until the night teeth gonna watch revolt starring lee
1: pace who's who who is it there's no one besides lee pace probably
0: <laughs> watch his own movie on direct tv like <laughs> he only has it because they gave him a free package for yeah. for uh for them that <laughs> was part of the deal you have to give lee pace a direct tv subscription
1: uh he got something out of it <laughs>
0: Uh, next week on, or this week rather, on Blu-ray, this is for October 17th. We have Samurai Jack, the complete fifth season. That's the new Samurai Jack. Never got into Samurai Jack, but I heard nothing but great things.
1: I didn't get into it either. Um, I appreciate it and everything, but I, could, I just couldn't get into it.
0: I, yeah, I've seen a couple episodes. Uh, I think the big hurdle for me was I just didn't like the animation. I just wasn't, I just wasn't into the animation style. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. What is this? Franken Shark. Franken Shark <laughs> has yes. absolutely ridiculous cover. I, I I can't. I mean, I just see if you can find this cover for Franken Shark. It's just a, a woman in a bikini yeah. in like thigh high water with a net. Showing up on
1: It's not even on IMDb. <laughs> This isn't real.
0: You're just making it up.
1: This is all. Well, it
0: says the director is Bill Zabub. So, I don't know. It's it's on Blu ray.com. It looks. I'm not sure what that's all about. Uh, Okay. Let's see what else we have. Oh my God. You got to be kidding me. Oh, you see it?
1: Yes. What? I did not ask the maker to mold me shark from clay. Yep. All
0: right. Mm hmm. Serenity's getting a 4K release. My neighbor Totoro is coming out again on Blu-ray. I have yes. a Blu-ray for this. I don't understand why they're putting out another one. You,
1: get, you, know, you gotta get another one.
0: This is uh, I, yeah. I don't know why this is coming out. Shout Factory is putting this out, which is really okay. weird. Cause doesn't Disney own Studio Ghibli now? I think so. Uh, but I, yeah, I don't know. I I have I have the Disney release of it, and it's like packed full of features and stuff so i don't know why this is necessary uh Ponyo's coming out too so i'm not sure and kiki's delivery service it looks like they're it looks like g kids is putting out all of these uh ghibli movies howl's moving castle is coming out princess mononoke nice. spirited away love that movie. it's all the big all him. the biggies love rolling vengeance from 1987 is coming out kino is putting that out not sure what that's what it's about but i'll uh, I'm kind of into it just from the cover. looks like a giant monster truck with some kind of drill thing on the front okay. rolling vengeance uh, that's pretty much it, yeah, oh, stranger things season one's coming out on Blu-ray There you go. that's interesting. Netflix continuing their uh home release. I do it
1: I think I have a feeling that they probably have like a like a a mark that a show or whatever has to hit for them to release it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it looks because I don't see them doing it with everything. I don't think you're gonna see.
0: Well, the, the
1: easy crimes, small crimes, little crimes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it's because some crimes like that's not gonna get on DVD. I don't think.
0: I think it's just gonna be their original shows. That's what it seems to be like. Their original TV shows, <clears throat> the, the the big ones. The the release for this looks awesome. It looks like it comes in a VHS case, uh, and it's like. It looks weathered, and it's got a really cool cover, but it looks like it's a Target exclusive. Ooh. Really cool cover, um, except for the giant Target sticker that's on the front. Man, I'm so pumped for season two. Oh, yeah, so. What do we have on the Criterion front this week?
1: Oh, we got two biggies.
0: Number one
1: is, I just talked about it. It's called Twin Peaks Firewalk With Me. Uh, <clears throat> I would suggest that one. I was a big fan. So that's coming out on the Blu-ray, and then you also have Stanley Kubrick's Barry Lyndon from nineteen seventy-five. Never saw this one. Uh, I've seen bits and pieces of it, and it looks great. I mean, it's a it's high time to rectify that that whole situation of not seeing Barry Lyndon. Definitely, it is one hundred and eighty-five minutes. So, settle in get a comfy
0: chair, get some snacks, settle in, settle in for <laughs> this Barry was, Lyndon. Two. All right, that's right. I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. If you have a minute, take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com filmpulse. Consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. Can hardly recognize the stories now, but we know they're true. It seems
1: we wanna find ourselves so close to our own youth.